This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the quarterback market is heating up. Who is a better fit for the 49ers, Matt Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, with me this week to help dig into that question, it's friend of the pod, Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus. Seth has been on the pod before. You might remember him from some episodes last year. He is a former quarterbacks coach. He does a lot of wonderful stuff for PFF. We got into a really, really fun discussion about Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, even some draft quarterbacks at the end. We talked about some quarterback mechanics, decelerating your front half, bender seams over the middle of the field, uh, and, and all manner of really, really good stuff. So, you know, with the news coming out about Stafford, I figured who else or who might be better to bring on than someone who knows a great deal about quarterbacks, and that's what took me into Seth. So please enjoy the conversation with PFF's Seth Galina. Well, Seth, it's good to have you back. Your illustrious return to the Better Rivals podcast after what feels like maybe a year or so uh, since you were last on, but uh, the seat's still warm. Just don't ask why. Uh, last time I was on, I remember this, 49ers, I believe, at the Rams, as opposed to Rams at 49ers, 2019, and we talked about how the 49ers were slanting their defensive line against the Rams outside zone. And they were using it. I think they were slant. I don't remember now, but it was almost like they were using their bodies to like ricochet themselves when they slanted back into the run. I, I, this is what I remember from us, from our conversation one year ago and I think or a you're year right. and three months ago. Like I think that. you're right because the, that was also the, the second game after they, uh, they got hit with a lot of the crack toss. Uh, and so I know, I remember we talked a little about crack toss and how the Rams were using that to say, to a certain degree of effect. Uh, and it was, it was good. I mean, you, 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 we talked saints for a bit cause you know, you're a big saints fan. Uh, it was, it was good times. I used that crack toss tid point or, or, or tidbit. Um, Whenever I had to talk about the Rams for the next eight months, <laughs> like once I once I get like I don't I'm not a very smart person. So once I get one idea in my head, then every radio show, every podcast I do, they're getting that one uh, tidbit about the team that, that I'm talking about. Anything that's important bears repeating. Uh, that's that's just you know that's just it's a it's a communication strategy. You're a rhetorician. I'm not sure if that's a real word, but I made it up, and it's my podcast. So we'll go ahead and say it is true. Seth, you are now a content human at PFF. You've got the keys to the castle. You've got the all the magic data things. Uh, and so I, I anticipate that, you know, much like knowing Kung Fu is a prerequisite for entering the Matrix, you are now plugged in uh, to all things PFF. And so I'm going to quiz you on, uh, on a lot of the stats. I'm just kidding. No, you are here to talk about Matt Stafford, though. 
and a great article today about best quarterback fits for the quarterbacks that are kind of moving around. It seems to be kind of a weird, amorphous, squishy kind of uh, quarterback market with people being unhappy and kind of getting traded. But Matt Stafford seems to be the one that is the most real. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question that a lot of 49ers fans are wondering. Is Matt Stafford better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I think so. I almost said 100%. I just think at this point with Garoppolo, you kind of know what he is already. And I think it's like I'm not anti-Garoppolo. And I'm certainly not like anti-quote-unquote safe quarterbacks. But I think... 49ers fans and I think Kyle Shanahan probably just wants a guy who is a little more fearless back there and you know sometimes when I watch Jimmy I really liked we, we I'm sure we talked about this last time but I I love Jimmy Garoppolo's mechanics when he's feeling it that's super clean understands how to um you know, we talk about like decelerating your front half. Okay. We don't have to get into that stuff, but it's like cool stuff that's like kinesiology that I pretend to know. Decelerating your front half, creating torque with like hip, uh, chest disassociation and stuff like that. He does all that stuff. That's all like the modern teaching of quarterback mechanics. But, so, but I, when I watched him, you know, 2020, especially, I was talking about this with someone else and he almost looks like he's scared. He's like almost like curling up in a proverbial ball when he's throwing these, the, he's throwing the ball. So it's like, all right, we're done with that. Like, you can't have it anymore if you're a 49ers fan or, like I said, Kyle Shanahan. Done. We're done. Like, I cannot watch this guy play for my favorite football team anymore. So you're going from that to a guy like Stafford, completely different human being back there and i think that would be exciting for me if i was a 49ers fan to go from that i'm not saying stafford is the greatest quarterback of all time he's not but just the change in um in who the quarterback that is taking snaps is would be really exciting for me i think you you just start with a better prior and and just in terms of tools in terms of talent i think stafford gives you more I mean, he was the first overall pick in the draft for a reason that, that is, I think if Garoppolo had those same tools, he would have been drafted not at the end of the second round, but much you know earlier in the first round. And, and you think of just the, the tool set that he has, the prior that you're working with, and, and you look at his, his passing grades over the course of the, of the last you know kind of 10 years, and, and you look at his PFF passing grades specifically, and, and Stafford achieved or eclipsed like the 13th best passing grade in the league for minimum 300 attempts. Seven out of the last 10 years. Last year, 20, or 2019, Garoppolo's full Super Bowl season, he ranked 13th. And that was like the, what, what many people are thinking is like a really, really good Garoppolo year. So you're talking yeah. about a really good Garoppolo year is kind of like somewhere near the, the floor of where, uh, of where Stafford is and something that he's gotten to or gotten better than seven out of the last 10 years. I agree. He's not, you know, he's not in the elite club. He's not going to be the guy who's going to be, you know, like Russell Wilson day in and day out. But in terms of what he can do consistently, I think he can consistently be an above average quarterback. And I don't know that we're necessarily going to get that out of Jimmy Garoppolo without when you remove some of the scheme stuff that really gets served up for him. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that... Shanahan will like going from, you know, if it were to happen, going from Jimmy 
Jimmy slash CJ slash Nick to a guy like Stafford because all of a sudden now you don't have to just you, you know use all these underneath you know routes over the middle of the field quick routes slants and 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 you know quick in routes and stuff like that and and hitches by the slot or something like now you can use the whole field because Stafford like you said that that the 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 arm talent, the fact that he was picked number one overall, we know about the arm talent. It's elite. So you can all of a sudden open up the field more to when you had, if you're Kyle Shanahan, to when you had Matt Ryan. And now you can make plays all over the place. You know, they had the, I was looking this up and, you know, I know it's it's going to be hard to describe on, on a podcast, but, you know, we can put in the um, the heat maps of not just where, the quarterback through the football, but where the routes by that team were run. And you see it as the, you know, Cal Shanahan's um, years have gone by in San Francisco. You see a more, a higher concentration of routes uh, between the numbers, or I would say like, let's say even like you know, uh, narrower than that. So between, uh, you know, the apex between the numbers and the hash, on both sides, so like really the middle of the field, and 12 yards deep, 15 yards deep. That's where all the route. That's where the only place where he feels comfortable running routes for his quarterbacks. And I'm not saying he doesn't, he won't do that with Stafford, and he didn't do it with Matt Ryan. But it's become so concentrated now in 2020 that that he he just doesn't have anything else to do. Like you want to do all this other stuff, and he can't do it. Or he doesn't want to do it because of the quarterback situation. Now you bring in Stafford, all of a sudden, the the whole field opens up for him to be able to make all these plays. And Stafford will take the plays you give him. It, they might not be open, <laughs> but he's going to try and find a way to fire that ball in there before any defender can get there. So, um, yeah, I think that that would be really interesting for him to w- get to work with a, just a better physically talented quarterback than he's had in his years in uh, the, you know, the four years in San Francisco. And, w- you know, I was looking up some Stafford stuff, was watching some Stafford tape. We remember the one thing I would say is the 2020 Stafford is just not I don't think that's the real Stafford. Because I think he saw what he had done in 2019 before he got injured, which was push the ball deep and, you know, make throws that a lot of other guys don't want to make on all parts of the field. But also, you know, he's in his like 10th year in the league or whatever. Hey, I can also take the routes, take the throws that are easy and that are given to me to the sideline, quick throws to the sideline, like get it out of my hand, you know, keep the offense moving. But I also am Matt Stafford so I can make these plays down the field that not a lot of quarterbacks can make. And I'm going to throw picks. Absolutely. I'm going to throw to the team. It's going to happen. But the, you know, you know, the, the big plays will outweigh um, the, the, the bad decisions over the middle of the field deep. 2020 Stafford, it's almost like he saw what he did in 2019 where he took all these chances. His receivers made some plays for him. Obviously, he's a good receiving core with Galladay and and Jones. And he said, well, that's all I got to do now. All of a sudden, no quick throws. Uh, Didn't want to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Didn't take the easy route. All he tried to do was throw – I was talking to a friend about this too. All he tried to do was throw bender seams over the middle of the field. 
because he was like it was like meme Stafford. Like this is like when uh, what you think about Matt Stafford in a bad way. That's all he did in 2020. Try and throw these routes, these really difficult routes that might not have been open, but he's tried to to whip them in there, and he got picked a lot, or or, or DBs got got their hands on it. So I don't, but I don't think that is the real Stafford because I think he can look himself in the mirror and say, okay, I tried to be someone that, or I tried to be like extreme Stafford, and maybe I should just be normal Stafford, and and we'll get by like that. Especially if you give me a guy like Kyle Shanahan calling plays for me, he'll get people open. You know, they run all those you know underneath option routes that um, that are so cool. Honestly, when I look at you know as a Saints guy, they're running option routes a lot, but it's a very specific play and a very specific formation usually. And with Shanahan, I find that he's running option routes with whether it's the fullback, the tight end, the running back, the X, the Z, whoever. Um, so I think that's really interesting. So I think you can you can have but the best of both worlds with 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 a with a real Stafford and not the meme Stafford of 2020. Well, that's where when you think about what Stafford does well and what he, what he would bring to the offense, you start with the deep ball. And and it's interesting you say that 2020 isn't the real Stafford because in 2020 his deep numbers in general were were pretty good. His frequency of throwing deep wasn't super high. It was about 12.7%, which isn't super high, but it's still double the rate of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo throws deep like 6% of the time. And this isn't just a Super Bowl Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Like just Consistently, he doesn't really throw deep all that much. It's, it's part of his style. But, but last year, Stafford was sixth in his deep attempt rate at 12.7%. Um, and, and that was amongst 20 quarterbacks with 40 or more deep attempts. In 2019... That number led the league at like 19%. It was ridiculous. I mean, he was basically just chucking and ducking, it felt like. And this was before he got injured. It was eight games. Um, and, and even though he still reduced his total of deep throws in 2020, he was still pretty good. His deep throw accuracy wasn't, uh, wasn't terrible. I think he didn't get picked on his, on his, deep, accurate, on his deep passes this year at all. Um, I feel like it's something that he's folded into his game a little bit better as he's gotten a little bit older. Because I think, you know, to your point, it's just kind of like, you know what? Let's just go out there and have fun. Like, I don't know that I'm going to win games. I've got some receivers. Let's just throw the ball to Galladay and, and call it a day. Um, it, the last time the 49ers have had someone who could throw the ball that deep that frequently was Colin Kaepernick in 2012 and 2013. And in 2012, he threw the ball deep about 13% of the time. In 2013, about 15% of the time. To your point, and you wrote about this in your article, it would open up more of the field for Kyle Shanahan and attacking the different areas of the field. And everyone thinks that, that Shanahan's offense is the offense that attacks the middle of the field. But we've got a great experiment with, with Shanahan, and we have a whole really successful offense in Atlanta in 2016. Yeah. And what did he do then? He didn't just attack the middle of the field. He sure did when he needed to and when he wanted to. But you look at the heat map that you posted in, the, in that article for his offense in 2016, and it was all over the place. He attacked different parts of the field, but with the 49ers, it's super concentrated. I don't think that Shanahan's offense attacks the middle of the field. I think Shanahan changed his offense yeah. to attack the middle of the field because he knows the limitations of his quarterback, and he's doing what any good coach does, which is tailoring the offense to what the team can do. But I think if you give him a quarterback like Stafford who can do more, then you're going to see Shanahan do more. Yeah, I think that's... a. Uh... That's exactly it. I mean, Shanahan's too good of a of a play designer, of a play caller, to just live in this world. You know, like I said, I love the underneath checkdown, not not checkdown, sorry, the underneath option routes. 
because they come at you from such different uh, places. They're, you know, he does them with their, in a sense, they're like screened by other deeper routes and then he'll get the back out and run an option route with him, whether it's to the strong side or to the weak side. You know, he's got a lot of those, you know, up his sleeve. But now, you know, well, with, with Jimmy, it's like, well, this is all we got. And with Stafford, you, there's just so much more. It's not like, it's not like, Kyle doesn't have these plays in his playbook. I mean, I know, um, I would imagine you've seen the, I guess it's the the 2016 Falcons playbook, and there might be a 49ers playbook out there. You, you know this is in the playbook for him to call all these deep shots. Um, he just didn't, didn't feel like it was, it was worthwhile to him with that quarterback there. And now you can get into all the stuff that you were calling for Matt Ryan with Julio and Muhammad Sanu and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I, I'd be excited. I think it would be, to a certain degree, a match made in heaven if if Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers are not actually available. Yeah, I, I those don't two, think that Those they're... two are, like, you know, fan, maybe more fantasy options, especially Rodgers. But, but yeah, if, if, if not for those two, I think... Um, I think it's him or, or you know, I know we're going to talk about the draft later, but it's probably a guy like Wilson or or if they can trade up for Wilson or, or Fields. Yeah, I don't think that, that Watson is viable based on how much capital it would take to get him. I think it's going to be someone like Miami or the Jets or something like that. Um, that's where I, I do think maybe he's available, but, uh, you know, he's just too rich for what the Niners are willing to give up. And I don't think Rodgers is going anywhere. He was on the Pat McAfee show today, and he was like, you know, yeah, I just... You know, I'm, I'm not saying anything new. It's like I'm, I'm here. Like, I can't see myself playing for anyone else, but not everything is under my control. Um, likely trying to poke at the, hey, they drafted Jordan Love Bear. Um, so, you know, I, I don't I don't think that he's going anywhere. I think Stafford is is a very real option. And, and I know that it's real because they said it's real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, all right, well, he will not be a Detroit Lion anymore. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with the Texans and, and Deshaun, I agree with you with the uh, uh, they don't have enough. They don't have enough money or capital, draft capital to go to go get him. So she says they just pay the quarterback, yeah. which probably probably a bit of a problem. It is annoying but, uh, to me though. It, it's yeah. annoying to me though that the Niners could have just drafted Deshaun Watson. Like they could have drafted Watson and they wouldn't have to deal with it. But, um, well, but he wouldn't have developed under noted uh, quarterback developer uh, uh, like he did under noted develop quarterback developer Bill O'Brien. You know, he obviously wouldn't have developed under under such a shitty offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. So you wouldn't have seen the Deshaun that developed under the quarterback guru, Bill O'Brien. It's a perfectly molded quarterback now. <laughs> you, you Actually, you can directly correlate uh, Watson's performance to Bill O'Brien. I'm sure Bill O'Brien puts it on his resume. You know, he's he's the guy who like works in a group where everyone else worked really hard. And he was just there, <laughs> but he puts it on his resume anyway. <laughs> I, 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 I watched, I just started watching Deshaun again this, uh, this past season and... Uh, yeah, like you said, look, it's not a realistic target, but like, man, that's the guy you want. Oh, totally. Like, he's young. He's dynamic. Unbelievable. Uh, and he's kind of like you're looking at at you know a throw by throw basis, and you're like, all right, I'm always asking myself, what is the ideal um, read here? What is the ideal throw here when I'm watching quarterbacks? Or I'm asking myself, would I have done the same thing? You know, obviously as a as a me as a court, NFL, former NFL quarterback, as you know, um, like would I have done the same thing? And it's like I get everything that he's doing out there. Like 
you know, you watch Garoppolo and you're like, ah, you know, I don't really understand why he why he got off this route, why he threw this route, uh, why he didn't step on the step up in the pocket that way. With Watson, it's just everything makes sense. And you're getting unbelievable accuracy. You're getting unbelievable play outside the pocket. Um, and you didn't turn the ball over this year. It just it was actually unbelievable. So you know, yeah. I, th- I think that's one of those uh, get things. excited for Deshaun Watson, but he's not going to be a 49er. I think that's one of those things with Jamie. When I start to think about like where it went wrong, because that 2017, I mean, those five games that 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 was not a, a ton of snaps. I think it was somewhere near like 160 or 180 snaps, which um, at the very least it was that many passes and. It just he was phenomenal in that five game stretch. And I'm just thinking about where it started to go wrong. And I mean, his his accuracy has declined. He doesn't work as well outside of play structure. But I, I do think that the the leaky offensive line is is starting to affect him. And I think that's where you see him starting to play scared. And and I think that that's where some of the things don't make sense is he gets kind of flustered in the pocket and he relies on his arm and he relies on the trust that he has with players like George Kittle to kind of get them the ball. Because there are sometimes where he throws the ball and it's like, you can tell it's a last gasp and it's a, I don't want to get hit or sacked and I'm just going to go to the guy who I think can make a play. It's like, yeah, but the defense knows that. So they're going to, you know, they're going to bracket him. They're going to double him. They're playing someone underneath and, and you know, a linebacker ends up picking it off. When you watch Stafford, this is one of the things that I thought was was really interesting about his game that I didn't know until I started watching uh, some some of his snaps. And he's got pretty good pocket presence. He is able, and he's not like the the pocket presence that you see with Watson, where it's like you know he's just going to do wonderful athletic things. He's got a little bit of that kind of step up, shift, like take a step to the left and throw that deep post and put the ball in the right spot kind of movement that I'm sure Shanahan just salivates over. Yeah, and and I think that that's that's where if you're thinking you know quarterback. Quarterbacks probably don't get enough credit, so to speak, for the pressure that they allow. And you think about an offensive line who Shanahan, you know, has got, I think, an offensive line that's good enough to win. Well, now you've got a quarterback who can really slip punches in the pocket, so to speak, and, and you almost improve your offensive line while improving your quarterback at the same time. Yeah, that was one of the things that I when I was watching Jimmy, I was like, hey, this offensive line is not as good as I probably thought it was. And he, like you said, he's kind of making it worse. Um, one of the things I found was like, on, I was looking at first down. They allowed they allowed quite a bit of pressure over the years on first down. So it's like, hey, now we're in a, in a situation where, yeah, look, our running game is pretty diverse. It's pretty good. But it's still not like unbelievably efficient like because um, there there aren't many run games that are really efficient. Uh, so now we're kind of like, oh, we don't really want to call play action because we leak on play action just as much as we leak on a straight drop back. So I think with Stafford, you can get away with those type of situations because like you said, he can, he exactly like you said, he can slip, slip punches in the pocket. And yeah, he, he is really good at that stuff. And then still being able to deliver downfield after doing that, I think is important too. Because how many times were you talking about uh, Jimmy having to move around in the pocket and then still trying to make plays down the field uh, and be successful? I, and there's one play, I think it's against the Dolphins, I believe, where he looks like he's trying to throw a bender or a little like a glance post over the middle by the slot back by the slot and he realizes there's like a robber safety coming down so he pumps it doesn't throw it and then resets for like a deep 
go route by the outside wide receivers at the same side. And, like, you just can't get the ball there. And with Stafford, in that same situation where he, he maybe misreads it, he starts throwing it, realizes there's a defender in the way, and then can reset for a go route on the outside. Like, that ball is going to either his receiver or it's going out of bounds over his head. Unlike, you know, Garoppolo where the safety ends up picking it. So I think, you know, the deep safety ends up picking up. So I think those type of situations um, are going are just like, – and it goes back to what I'm saying at the beginning. It's like just who the, the nature of these two quarterbacks are is so different because of the arm talent. So, um, yeah, you're just going to get such a completely different quarterback in the way that he deals with pressure. Not, and, again, you're going to get some – some forced throws out of Stafford because of that, but you are going to get so much more big plays down the field. Now, if you're looking at some things that, that if, if you're not into the, the Stafford thing and you're like, look, but he's a little on the older side, he's three years, he's a little bit more than three years older than Garoppolo. Um, not old by quarterback standards, but I think he's, he's just turning 33 this month, maybe. So this will be his age 33 season. Um, and, and Garoppolo is a little bit younger and, you know, if, if Stafford were so good, then maybe he should have won some more games with the Lions. Uh, but he's got three playoff appearances, only, uh, you know, all losses, not very good. Um, is there anything there that's concerning enough for you to kind of wave you off from Stafford? Or do you think the who he is as a quarterback just fits what the Niners try to do enough such that you're willing to give up some draft capital for him? Well, I think you're giving up draft capital and stuff because he's a known quantity. Like you said, is he the elite tier quarterback? No. But you pair him with a guy like Shanahan and what he's done with pretty much any quarterback that he's been with, and you can maybe make him look elite. In the same way that you made Jimmy Garoppolo look slightly above average in 2019, in the way that Baker Mayfield looked this season under Stefanski, in the way that Jared Goff looked two years ago under McVay, well... You're going to get a, a, a very good quarterback to maybe look elite under Shanahan with Stafford. In the same way that um, Aaron Rodgers had been very, very good under Mike McCarthy, but now in his second year under LaFleur, he has one of the best seasons of all time. So that, the, the, you know, Shanahan is just good enough that I think um, you roll the dice that way. Uh, maybe instead of drafting a quarterback, which is an unknown quantity, you know, Stafford, you just know what you're getting and you know that he is better than Jim Garoppolo. That's, that's important too. I think the fact that him versus a drafted quarterback, you don't know what you're getting and him versus Garoppolo, you know, he's better. So I think those two things, um, I would say that the, the 49ers should probably go for it. Let's, so let's, I, look, first round picks, you don't, no one wants to give up a lot of first round picks, but I just think for a quarterback who's known, even if he's getting up there in age, um, you're still getting four years out of him. Like if you get four, you get four very good quarterback years. That's, that's what you want. Like Super Bowl windows aren't open very long. If you get four really good years out of a quarterback, you know, with a, a play caller like Shanahan, with some of the talent they have on that team, the sky's the limit, you know? I want to talk about quarterbacks being fully baked in the draft a little bit. But before we go there, I want to ask you whether or not, you know, a little piece of trivia. How many quarterbacks older than Matt Stafford played in played actual football snaps in the NFL in 2020? 
Jeez. Uh, well, Brady, Breeze, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick. Oh, Matt Ryan is older than him. Matt Ryan is older than him. Yep. Chad Henney. Chad Henney is one of them. That's right. I don't think Foles is older than him. Foles is not older. No. Or rather, then, perhaps perhaps this is a bad. I, I formulated the question incorrectly. Perhaps not older than him, but drafted before. Right. Okay. Him. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? Hold on. You, you are. You're, many, you're missing. You're not missing a lot. You're missing three. Oh, Rivers. Yep. You're almost there. Almost across the line. You've got two more. Uh, maybe it's a Jaguars guy. Oh, uh, Flacco. Yep. Joe Flacco. And then the last one. Oh, that's a good question. Last one. You could even argue that he's got one leg. I don't know. Who is it? Alex Smith. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Well, why, do, why do you even have me on as an expert on this stuff if I can't even name you all as old quarterbacks? That, you got way I, more. Honestly, old quarterbacks are my specialty. You got way more than I would have. I was like, oh, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and like Phillip Rivers. And that's I, I continually think that Fitzmagic is 29 years old. You know what, though? That, that group that, that we just named, I might, maybe I'll change my answer on, uh, on uh, Stafford because that's old. Like Those are a bunch of old fogies that we just named. So maybe Matt Stafford is too old to be yeah. – uh, <laughs> be, no, I think he's still – you can get him – like you get again, you can get four years out of him before he turns thirty-seven, and maybe the arm talent starts to slip away. Um, then you're 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 fine. No, I, yeah, I, I do think that the age is not as much of a concern now with quarterbacks as it was before. But we were talking about whether or not quarterbacks are fully baked, and and Garoppolo, I I think that he is less baked than Stafford, but the the concerning part there is that because he's less baked. The, the range of outcomes is is wider. Like he could be a worse quarterback than he was this year, um, even pre-injury, or a worse quarterback than he was in 2019. And that's a, a, a net bad thing for the 49ers. Uh, your, your colleague, Kevin Cole, we had him on last year. And we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo being fully baked. And he had a great article about like kind of Bayesian outcome curves. And, and he has this little, this little chart that talks about, you know, passing grades stabilizing with experience. And like they get a little bit more stable when a player plays more, but not a whole hell of a lot. And and he actually updated a kind of a, a Garoppolo comparison article uh, earlier this week with Stafford. And the outcome curves for Stafford and Garoppolo, it's like for, Garoppolo still has the opportunity to actually end up being like in the 90th percentile good quarterback. Stafford does not. We know what Stafford is. Stafford is like an above average quarterback, but you know you're going to get an above average quarterback with with Stafford, with Garoppolo, you could get like a bottom of the league quarterback. <laughs> you, you, you may get an elite quarterback, but I think it's that ambiguity that, that's rough. So if, if you want to buy into security with Stafford, then why would you, why, if you're the Niners, would you consider going after someone like, you know, the players that are going to be available in the draft? I mean, you gave Niners fans life because in one of your mocks a couple weeks ago, you mocked Zach Wilson to the Niners at 12. Uh, and that was, I tweeted that out, uh, and it was some version of replies that were like, oh my God, don't do this to me. I don't want to get hyped to, he's never going to make it that far. Um, but it was, it was usually one of those two things. It wasn't anything in between <laughs> because Zach Wilson would be like the dream for the, for the Niners. But if, if, if he is available at 12, do you go there or do you still take the certainty with Stafford knowing it's going to cost you a shot at whatever quarterback is around 12? So I, I put him at 12 because I wasn't, A, I wasn't doing trades. 
and B, I lived in this world where, you know, the, the Dolphins weren't going to take him, even though I think that would probably be the best move. Take him at three, see what you got. Or, or him or Fields, like whatever quarterback dropped. Um, and then some other teams, like like the Broncos, like I, I said, uh, you know, they're probably going to be kind of stupid and, and not take a quarterback. So, yeah, there's probably – there is a, a universe out there that – that, uh, Fields or Wilson uh, drops to the 49ers. Yeah, then then like if you hadn't pulled the trigger on Stafford at that point, which obviously wouldn't happen, but then I would say, yeah, I think you probably just go for it and take the quarterback because that's an unbelievable value. Any quarterback you're going to get at 12, whether it's uh, Lance or Fields or Wilson, that's unbelievable value. So, yeah, you would have to pull the trigger on one of the quarterbacks at that time. I think they all would fit pretty well in the system. The thing with, with Wilson that I wrote, and it's really my only knock. Well, there's two knocks on Wilson. One that this, this year came out of nowhere. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't a very good quarterback for two years as a starter. Um, this year, he was just absolutely unbelievable. But the other thing is they run that similar, hey, we're going to go outside zone. Now, it's college, so it's pistol instead of under center. But, you know, outside zone, we're going to work it. We're going to work it. We're going to play action boot off it. We're going to get you openings down the field. And you can show off your arm talent. So my, this is going to be my talking point about Wilson for a while. So I'm glad you're the first person that I'm going to tell it to. But – if he's already in that system that we've seen make average quarterbacks look amazing, do you want that guy as your first-round pick? If is that the max you're going to get out of him? Now, obviously, you what you should. This is not the way that you probably should be thinking of it. You should be looking at his physical abilities, his processing speed, blah blah blah, and kind of separating it from the scheme. But when I look at it, I find it hard to. Because I'm like, hey, we've seen all these, and I just named you all of them, from Baker to uh, to Kirk Cousins to Garoppolo to Goff to John Elway to Schaub. Like, we've seen this this offense take quarterbacks to the next level. So, are we sure we're getting a real quarterback if that's the if that guy played in the offense already and that offense took him from a mid level, you know, a, um, you know group of five i know they're an independent byu but like mid-level group of five quarterback to the best quarterback in college football basically like i are we did we max them out already i guess is my question um but then like i said look at the physical stuff it, he, he's he's top level and all that other stuff so that depends the way you want to look at it but that would be my 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 knock on uh on wilson so is there another quarterback that you think would fit the Niners better? And why do you hate Mac Jones? Are really my other two questions uh, from, from your mock <laughs> Poor Mac Jones. Mac, Slid all the way. I love Mac Jones. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> he was the Mac last Jones quarterback. He was like 12 or 15th, I think, in your mock. You had Trey Lance above him. You had Zach Wilson above him. And obviously, you know, Fields and, and Lawrence are going to be, you know, likely one and two unless for some reason Wilson sneaks up there. But... Let's 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 actually. So, which one of those quarterbacks do you like, and, and why? Which one would you draft? At number one? Uh, no, not at number one. Just in general. Like, I mean, let's say that you're the Niners and you're at twelve, and yeah. you, you know Fields and Lawrence are probably gone. But for yeah. one of you know, you you have to do your due diligence on Lance Jones and Wilson. Basically, I haven't started draft prep yet, 
and so you having watched them to a certain degree already, like what, what you're already in, what do you think about those guys in general? Yeah, I think for like, like I said, Wilson fits the offense like a glove. You, you know what I mean? He's already done a lot of that same, those same actions, those same type of throws, um, at BYU in 2020 that he'll do under Shanahan. Um, not, the, not the underneath option route stuff, but the deeper throws. He's done that before. He's proved to, that it, he can do it in his sleep. So I think Wilson fits the best. Now, Mac Jones did a lot of that stuff too. And I think the problem with Mac, and I really like Mac Jones because he's not super athletically gifted, but he knows which receiver to throw the ball to. He throws the ball super accurately, and he's not thrown to the other team a lot. I don't know if the physical tools are enough to be an NFL player. Um, he does have a lot more zip on the ball than I'm probably giving him credit for, and the, probably that most people will give him credit for. And he does have little juice in his leg, a very little amount of juice in his legs. But I still like those type of quarterbacks because they've maximized uh, their physical talent. And and they paired it with with a great brain. Um, he he does feel like a Shanahan quarterback. Not I'm not gonna lie. Like he it he, seems like he would do the things that Shanahan likes in terms of processing, in terms of really like not needing them, like being able to run, and 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 as much as like I can run. Like he is a human. He has legs. He is bipedal. He can move forward. But that's not really what Shanahan necessarily like loves out of his quarterbacks. Um, but his offense, I mean, you, you look at Sarkeesian's offense at Alabama, it's an, it's, it's an offense, yes, that relies on RPOs, but it's, it's not, not complex. Like it's a pretty intricate offense and it's still, I would still call it a pro style offense. Um, and, and that's the kind of quarterback that Shanahan is really drawn to is that pro style quarterback, which is how he ended up with CJ Beathard. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the, the third guy with Lance, I think you're getting a guy who isn't, he's not super accurate. He'll have to improve on that stuff, but I think he makes the right decisions. Got a good brain on his shoulders, and you are getting obviously, you know, with with Wilson and Lance, you're getting so much more athletic ability. And if you wanted to open up your offense and do some other stuff, you could. Again, it's not quite what he'd want. Like you said, Mac Jones probably fits better in terms of, uh, you know, he doesn't need a guy like that. But I also think that he's it's Kyle Shanahan we're talking about. Like he'll figure out a way to to fit the skill set of his quarterbacks um and he could do that with both wilson and lance and their kind of uh you know above average athletic ability so i think i think you can't go wrong with all three if 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 especially at 12 because i think teams will get up in the first round and you might see four quarterbacks taken in the top 10 so all of a sudden you know if, if one of those guys falls to 12 you're licking your chops i think um, you know, if you haven't gotten a deal done for Stafford or Watson or blah, 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 then I think you're licking your chops at, at, at one of those quarterbacks. Um, cause I think they all fit a little differently, but they all can be solid pros. I, I don't think the Niners draft a quarterback at 12. If, if, unless something, unless someone like Wilson falls, I think they think yeah. about it. But if it if it ends up being like well, Mac it won't be Jones. Mac Jones. Like if 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 they get to twelve and Mac Jones is there, that's it's, it won't be Mac Jones. But like you said, if they get to twelve and Lance or Wilson is there, then that's a different story. Yeah, I think that that you're probably right. I mean, Lynch came out I think on on Tim Kawakami's podcast, and he said that they certainly could draft a quarterback at twelve. But and this is a direct quote from Lynch: 
I don't anticipate that right now, but we're so early in the process. We'll do what's best for this team. Um, I, I really do think that they're likely going to roll with Garoppolo unless they really do swing a trade for someone like Stafford. And then I think if, if Mac Jones ends up slipping to the bottom of the first, that's when they use one of their bajillion third round picks or something like that to, to go back into the bottom of the first and draft someone like Mac Jones. I think if they end up with a quarterback, it'll be a, a second round quarterback or a late first quarterback to get that extra fifth year. Um, and that's likely someone like Mac Jones if he slips that far. Yeah, and I think that's probably closer to where Mac Jones should go. But, you know, quarterbacks are weird. Uh, so you could see Mac Jones getting into the top 20 somehow. Um, like I said, I don't think that's where his skill set belongs. But everything gets pushed forward at quarterback. So if you're going to have, um, you know, quarterbacks go one, two, three, whether it's the Dolphins taking a quarterback, the Dolphins trading out, and someone else coming in and taking a quarterback, all of a sudden, three quarterbacks are gone already, and you haven't even started the draft. So, you know, those all those guys are going to get pushed up, I think. Um, and we could see some interesting quarterback uh, decisions in the draft um, after those three are, are selected, if it goes that way. So I feel like, you know, at this point, what what would you do? I feel like you're uniquely qualified to answer this question at this point. You you know college football. You've seen some of these college guys play. You've watched some Stafford. You've seen some Watson. You know, you, you've got you've got Jimmy Garoppolo's biomechanics baked into your brain. Um, <laughs> if, if you're John Lynch and you're Shanahan and you've got, you know, the options of Stafford sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, knowing that it doesn't cost you any more draft capital or drafting a quarterback with that 12th pick, what, what do you do? Uh, I'm, I'm Stafford all the way. To me, it's not even a question. I think you have to go and get this guy who can take your offense and, and expand it to the level that I think Kyle Shanahan would like to go back to. Because like I was saying at the beginning, like, and you were saying it too, just like the constriction of where of the area of the field where he only feels comfortable getting his quarterback to throw. He doesn't want to do that. And I think, I, I also think like, the I don't know if he's, all on board on the on the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, train either. Just like you would you know this more than me, but just you know reading some of the comments I see that I come across on Twitter of him talking about Garoppolo it doesn't seem like a guy who wants that man to be his quarterback. Um, you know we could look into it uh, however way you can read the tea leaves however you want to read it in these in these cases, but the, to me that's what it seems like. So I think man Stafford, go get him, see what you got there. Um, he brings veteranship. He brings an understanding of offense and 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 it, uh, NFL offense, and, um, and I think it just gives you more than 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 Garoppolo can get. And I, and the thing with the with the with the twelfth pick is like, I don't know who's going to be there. You can't just wait around at twelve, thinking, oh, we're going to go, we're going to have a quarterback at twelve. Like you just, that's not a thing, right? Like you just don't know when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, so then you're saying, well, if we want a quarterback in the draft, you're going to have to like live in a world where you're probably going to have to trade up. And now we're getting into situations where I don't know if you want to do that if you're, if you're the 49ers. So Matt Stafford would be 100% my option. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's hard for me to not really get excited about someone like Stafford in this yeah. offense. Um, I, I would be too honestly. I would be I would be freaking out if I was a 49ers fan. And it's not that Stafford is a perfect prospector. That you know there there are certainly things about his game. And you talked about it earlier where he's trying to force the ball in. Sometimes he trusts his arm a little too much. Um, you know those types of things. And and obviously he's not a long term answer. But I I 
the thing I keep coming back to and now having, you know, lived two cycles of windows with the Niners as as a grown adult and not like as a child, um, you know, in, in 2012 and, and now in 2019 is these windows are fleeting. Like yeah. it's not not everyone well, has Mahomes, you know, and well, or Brady or whatever. And so if you've got the talent around you to be able to have a good defense and a good running game and all you're missing is a quarterback, figure out how to go get that quarterback. And if you can upgrade that position, then upgrade it. And I think Stafford's an upgrade. I mean, look at the Saints. Even The, the windows are so much smaller than because we always get brainwashed by the Patriots. And and then, you know, in the, in 20 years, we'll look back and we'll say we got brainwashed by Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like those 20, these 20 year windows, these 10 year windows don't exist, man. And, and like even look at the Saints. They had four different four year windows, basically, with with um, with Drew Brees, you know, and then they weren't good in two of those four windows. And they, they, they won games because of Brees. Um, in all the windows, but they weren't like a, a Super Bowl team in um, in all those windows. So you look at getting Stafford. Four years is enough. Four years is a normal amount. So like long term, yeah, it's not long term. Like you're gonna get Stafford. He's gonna be there for 20 years. But how many guys are there for 20 years on one team? It just doesn't happen that much. Well, not only that, so, but but Garoppolo yeah. only has two more years left on his contract. And so, I mean, and if you're not super bought into Garoppolo, you're really only looking at like two more years of Garoppolo anyway. Stafford has two more years left on his contract. And so it really is like, a, even if you're only looking at the next two years, you've got both quarterbacks for the next two years. Um, you know, and, and I think that you you look at the supporting cast in San Francisco. I mean, poor, poor Stafford, his defense in his career in Detroit has only ranked in the top 15 in PFF defensive grade once from from not for his whole career from from 2011 to 2020 this year the Niners with their ragtag you know injury plagued Ezekiel Ansah even played for like six snaps or whatever it was were ninth in PFF defensive grade and they were still top 10 in defensive EPA and we know that defense is not necessarily stable year to year but there was a good little run here for the Niners defense a good enough run to make it to the Super Bowl one year and and hold down Mahomes enough to almost really win it uh, and, and I think that if, if you add a quarterback into the mix, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and it also means that maybe that quarterback allows you to live with some defensive regression, which which might be coming. You know, you lose the coordinator, um, and now you've had two good years with that coordinator, even with all the injuries last year, like you mentioned. Maybe regression is coming, but you can mitigate that with an offense that that could be, you know, uh, another top 10 offense probably. Possibly, I should say. Possibly, right. So, all right. We've talked about Stafford. You've been super generous with your time. I'm going to let you go. I do want to ask you, though, it is now we're in Super Bowl. You know, it's Tom Brady. Uh, I guess, what is it? The the child Yoda versus full-grown Yoda uh, in this game. So, who wins? Before you go, let us know who you think wins. I, I told myself I was never this, like, right before the playoffs started, I told myself I was never going to bet against the Chiefs. And I'm sticking to that. Even though there's like an asterisk, which is what I put a very small amount of money on the, on the Cleveland Browns a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> I'm a very <laughs> stupid man and I don't listen to myself. Um, but yeah, I, I just cannot pick it again. Even though it's Tom Brady and even though that offense is flying, um, I just cannot pick against what 
what they do in Kansas City, man. That is the best offense. That it, unstoppable offense, and I think they probably score thirty, and 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 win. Um, hopefully, it's a good game. Um, but yeah, honestly, Tampa Bay winning at home would make me very upset. I always thought I still hold out hope that the first team that wins the Super Bowl at home is going to be the New Orleans Saints, because of how many Super Bowls get played in New Orleans. And so for an NFC South rival to do that would make me sick, would make me absolutely sick. I've been lucky that in recent years, the NFC South has produced Super Bowl participants, but not Super Bowl winners um, that aren't the New Orleans Saints. And I'm hoping, again, that the same is true this year and the Tampa Bay Bucks do not win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I really do not want Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl, if only really to save uh, his child from being kissed on the mouth. Is, is really, <laughs> that's, I think. That's what, it's like when, uh, when uh, Tom, Peyton Manning won the last Super Bowl and he went and kissed Papa John on the mouth. That's what's going to happen <laughs> when Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. He's going to kiss his kid on the mouth again. My goodness. Well, Seth. Thanks, as always, for coming on. It's good to talk ball with you. I'm super happy that you are doing lots of wonderful things for PFF. If you haven't read Seth Galina's stuff on PFF, do so now. Check him out on Twitter as well. He sometimes speaks very, very quickly to get a lot of content into <laughs> two minutes and 20 seconds of Twitter video. Uh, but he's got great breakdowns on the Twitter feed. So if you follow me on, better at, on Twitter at Better Rivals, you can always follow Seth. Because uh, now you're PFF underscore Seth, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. And notice how slowly I spoke in some of these segments here. Just to get my... I, I'm not used to being able to speak in like full sentences when I do, uh, you know, breakdowns and stuff. So I appreciate you giving me uh, the time and, and space for that today. Yeah, I've, I've, I've several times I've tried to upload a video to Twitter and just be like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not yep. going to worry about it. I'm just, just going to go to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was good talking. Uh, I hope you're doing well, man. And uh, I hope the, the Super Bowl treats you well. I hope you don't get sick. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I get sick with the alcohol anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate being on, dude. Always a pleasure. <laughs> that does it for this week's edition of the Better Rivals podcast. Thanks again to special guest Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus. Thanks to you for tuning in. As always, go Niners. Go Niners.